Hello, welcome to FASD Family Life, the show for families by families, where we discuss parenting children and teens with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. I am your host, Robbie Seal, FASD educator, advocate, and mom of four children with FASD. I know the struggle is real, but so is success. I hope that sharing my experiences with you can help you feel that you're not alone and that there is hope for you and your child with FASD. Welcome to the third episode of FASD Family Life, the podcast for families by families where we get real about raising children and youth with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. Thank you so much for your kind words of encouragement. Please take a second to like, subscribe, and turn on your notifications so you don't miss any episodes of FASD Family Life. New episodes are released every Friday and are available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also share the podcast with your friends and family by copying the link into an email. Thank you so much for all the love I received from listeners. I appreciate all of your comments and questions. You guys are amazing. In this episode, we will take a look at the prevalence of FASD in Canada and in the U.S., definitions and Canadian statistics are from the Canadian FASD Research Network. American statistics are from Proof Alliance. A big thank you goes out to all of the researchers who dedicate their careers to understanding fetal alcohol spectrum disorder and give us the science that backs up our lived experience. A question I often hear is, how common is FASD? I've never heard of it. Well, first let's start with the definition. FASD stands for Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder. It is a lifelong disability that affects the brain and body of people who were exposed to alcohol in the womb. Each person with FASD has both strength and challenges and will need supports to help them succeed with many different parts of their daily lives. FASD is the leading developmental disability in Canada and in the U.S. It affects at least 4% of Canadians and 5% of the U.S. population. Based on this conservative estimate, that means that 17 million people in the U.S. and over 1.5 million people in Canada have this invisible disability. To put those numbers into perspective, FASD is two and a half times more common than autism spectrum disorder, 19 times more common than cerebral palsy, 28 times more common than Down syndrome, and 40 times more common than Tourette syndrome. There are more individuals with FASD than autism, cerebral palsy, and Down syndrome combined, yet very few professionals are aware of fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, and most pregnant women report that their primary care physician did not screen for alcohol use during their pregnancy. Here are some FASD facts from CAN-FASD. Number one, the prevalence of FASD is higher in certain populations. Up to 17% of children in the child welfare system have FASD. Number two, you often can't tell if someone has FASD just by looking at them. Less than 10% of people with prenatal alcohol exposure have visible face differences. Thirdly, people with FASD may experience many challenges. Approximately 90% of people with FASD will experience mental health challenges at some point. That's 90%. 
FASD is considered an invisible disability. It is likely that these numbers do not represent the true prevalence rates. As I was researching for this prevalence episode, I had a eureka moment of sorts. I've been aware of the high prevalence of FASD for many years, but this time around, a new mental image occurred to me that hadn't occurred before, and I'd like to share it with you. In my mind, I saw a pebble tossed into a still lake. The initial circle that the pebble created represented the 1.5 million Canadians and the 17 million Americans with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. The next concentric ring that emerged represented those people who have been prenatally exposed to alcohol but have not yet been diagnosed. The next ring, the larger ring, the millions and millions of people who have been prenatally exposed to alcohol and have brain and body challenges but do not meet the diagnostic criteria for a diagnosis of FASD. Many, many individuals who have FASD are first misdiagnosed based on their challenging behaviors that they exhibit. Unfortunately, labels like lazy, difficult, defiant, manipulative, uncooperative are attributed to the behavioral challenges early in a child's life. Then diagnosis such as ADHD, ODD, and many others may be given by clinicians who do not ask about prenatal alcohol exposure. The reason alcohol is so dangerous, unlike many other illicit drugs such as crack, or cocaine, or methamphetamines, is that alcohol is a very small molecule, and it passes freely into the placenta and fetus when alcohol is consumed during pregnancy. According to Diane Melbourne's book, Trying Differently Rather Than Harder, alcohol eliminates some cells, changes normal migration of cells, reduces the numbers of neuronal pathways or connections between the cells. It alters neurochemistry and reduces the myelination of axons, among many other things. In some cases, the entire portions of the brain may be impacted by prenatal alcohol exposure. The different structural and functional changes that we see reflect which part of the brain was developing during the time of alcohol exposure. The question that often follows is, what kind of woman would do that to her child? Honestly, this question makes me so angry. It is tainted with condemnation and judgment while being asked by the very person who didn't know about FASD in the first place. But I think it highlights the precise problem. There is a lack of awareness about the danger of alcohol use during pregnancy and the significant disability that can result. But FASD is not new. It was first recognized in 1968 in France and in 1970 in the U.S. But you know, alcohol is big business. Alcohol consumption in our society has increased exponentially for both men and women since the 1960s. And the alcohol industry has intentionally increased their marketing to women. Sadly, public health policy has not kept pace to alert people of the risks of drinking alcohol during pregnancy. I have heard of so many doctors and social workers say that FASD was little more than a paragraph in a textbook, or perhaps a half-day lecture. In my opinion, post-secondary institutions have failed to adequately teach their students about the risks of consuming alcohol during pregnancy, and that prenatal alcohol exposure is the leading cause of developmental disabilities in the developed world. All the while knowing that their student population may be engaged in high rates of binge drinking, 
and unprotected sex, and therefore is at elevated risk of unplanned pregnancies, which may lead to a baby born with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. These university graduates become our doctors, our nurses, teachers, psychologists, social workers, prison wardens, police officers, crown prosecutors, defense attorneys, judges, government policymakers, and parents. So we cannot blame women for not knowing of the risks of prenatal alcohol exposure to their unborn child, when so often the doctors that serve them are unaware of the dangers themselves. The stigma attached to prenatal alcohol exposure and the resulting disability fuels the health crisis of fetal alcohol spectrum disorder that impacts 17 million Americans and over 1.5 million Canadians and their struggling families. If you are listening to this podcast, then you know that federal, provincial, and state governments do not prioritize funding for FASD public awareness campaigns, FASD research, early intervention programs, or school supports. And once individuals with FASD transition into adulthood, they are out in the cold with no supports for employment or housing if they have an IQ greater than 70, which most do. Despite the fact that they have a permanent brain injury that impacts their daily living, they have no support. Individuals with FASD do not cease to require help to reach their full potential when they turn 18. Oh my goodness, don't get me started. Who gets FASD? Well, according to the Canadian FASD Research Network, a common misconception is that FASD is associated with social, ethnic, or cultural backgrounds. However, research shows that the majority of Canadian women drink alcohol. And we're not surprised by that, are we? In your circle of friends, can you list 10 women that abstain from alcohol 100% of the time? I know I can't. In a 2012 Canadian Alcohol and Drug Use Monitoring Survey, it reported 70% of females aged 15 to 24 reported drinking alcohol in the last 12 months while 80% of females over the age of 25 reported using alcohol in the past 12 months. So we can see the vast majority of women drink alcohol. Since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, stress levels have skyrocketed, and so has alcohol consumption. In the week of March 22, alcohol sales in the U.S. soared to a 548% increase from the year before. And a research article published in September 2020 titled Changes in Adult Alcohol Use and Consequences During the COVID-19 Pandemic in the U.S. examined comparisons before and during the COVID-19 pandemic on the number of days of any alcohol use and heavy drinking and an average of drinks consumed over the past 30 days. Heavy drinking is defined as five or more drinks for men and four or more drinks for women within a couple of hours. The study results found a 14 to 17 percent increase in the frequency of alcohol consumption over the 2019 rate. And there was also a staggering 41 percent increase in heavy or binge drinking over the 2019 baseline. Women unsuspecting of a pregnancy often continue their usual pattern of alcohol consumption into the early weeks of an unplanned pregnancy. And the highest rates of unintended pregnancy occur in women aged 15 to 19 years of age, which is also a population at increased risk for binge drinking. 
Compound the percentage of women who drink alcohol with the fact that approximately half of all pregnancies are unintended. Well, I think the answer to the question who gets FASD is something like, there but by the grace of God go I. And we cannot blame mothers. If doctors do not recognize the dangers of drinking alcohol during pregnancy, they don't ask the women if they are drinking alcohol during the pregnancy, how in the world can we blame women or hold them to a higher standard? No, we have to get the word out there that there is no safe amount of alcohol during pregnancy. Here are some prevention stats from Can FASD. Number one, up to 60% of pregnancies are unplanned. And many people do not know that they are pregnant until several weeks along. Number two, up to 62% of women drink alcohol within three months of their pregnancy. So they recommend go alcohol-free if there's a chance you could be pregnant. And number three, less than 50% of doctors talk to their patients about the risks of alcohol in pregnancy. So it's important that women get the facts about drinking alcohol during pregnancy. There are many complex reasons why a woman might drink while she's pregnant, and she needs support and compassion, not judgment and condemnation. I think the prevention conversations have to begin at home. Prevention begins with our own choices around alcohol, and our children are watching how we manage stress and how we celebrate big life events. More is caught than taught. We need to talk to our children and their friends about the dangers of drinking alcohol while pregnant, right along with our conversations about the risks of unprotected sex and drinking and driving. We need to talk about FASD with our friends and colleagues as well. We have to spread the word that prenatal alcohol exposure is a risk to everyone, and there is no room for shame or blame. When we talk about preventing FASD, we can include encouragement to a woman's partner, friends, and family to do a dry nine. No alcohol for nine months for everyone in support of the pregnant woman in their life. And friends and family can plan an alcohol-free baby shower to show their support of mom and baby. We need to raise awareness of FASD because when we know better, we can do better. The message is simple. There is no known safe amount of alcohol to drink during pregnancy. Experts recommend that the safest option is no alcohol at all. We need to be compassionate and understanding. While the message may be simple, people's lives are not. There are a number of reasons someone may drink during pregnancy. Number one, not knowing the risks of drinking during pregnancy. Not knowing they are pregnant. Using alcohol to cope with trauma or violence pressure from a partner to drink, and substance use challenges. You know, FASD is a lifelong disability. It is a spectrum disorder, and each person with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder has their unique strengths and challenges. We need to shut down the stigma around this disability. We need to be compassionate and inclusive, recognizing no one is self-made, and we all need help to reach our full potential. And this makes me think about two Canadian heroes. Terry Fox was 18 years old when he lost his leg to cancer. Canadians watched and cheered in amazement as Terry used his pain, his disability, and his strength to raise awareness for cancer research in his bid to run across Canada. We herald him as a Canadian hero, and for decades, every September, Canadian students participate in a Terry Fox run, a fundraiser for cancer research. 
Terry Fox is the name we recognize, but we need to acknowledge that he needed a team of people, a team of medical professionals, prosthesis experts, running coaches, family, friends, and public supporters to enable his dreams, without whom none of it would have been possible. And Wayne Gretzky is another Canadian hero. He is the greatest hockey player of all time. Yet Wayne Gretzky doesn't claim sole responsibility for his astounding career. No, he gives credit to his father, Walter Gretzky, who gave him the passion for the game, and to the numerous coaches and teammates that helped him develop his skills during the course of his career. People who have fetal alcohol spectrum disorder have hopes and dreams as well. Their challenges may vary throughout their life, but they will need lifelong supports to succeed, and they, like all of us, need the support and accommodations to reach their full potential. Okay, next episode, we will talk to the experts. Oh my gosh, I am excited to share the mic with two teens with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. Together, we will address some common questions and they will tell us what they need to be successful. It's going to be a fantastic episode. New episodes are available every Friday on Apple Podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Sketcher, and Podcast Addict. So go check them out. Do you have a behavioral symptom that you're struggling with that you'd like me to discuss on the show? Do you have a question about accommodations to help your child reach his full potential? Do you have a question about FASD? Email the show at FASDFamilyLife at gmail.com. You can also come visit me on Facebook under Robbie Seal. And there we can discuss your questions and I will post some resources and some great books to read. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me. I know it's precious. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Give a like to make it easier for others to find FASD Family Life, a podcast for families by families raising children and youth with FASD. Please share the podcast far and wide. And remember, you can email your questions anytime to FASDFamilyLife at gmail.com. Until next time, remember, the struggle is real, but so is success. I'll speak with you soon.